CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. Patrick, it's time for the state of the Ohio State basketball program address. I mean, I know we're prisoners of the moment. We all are, especially with our sports teams. But Buckeyes, we're looking good. Um, you know, as you know, as recent as last week, then they were upset at Maryland. Did not look good at all on Sunday. Lost by 15 in a game. They were favored. And then last night just cannot happen. I mean, listen, you're playing at home. Nebraska is the worst team in the Big Ten. Ohio State was favored by 15. They had a win probability of 95.5%, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, and they lose that game 78-70. to 70. And it's one of those things where it's like EJ Liddell played great, and they still lost the game. Um, we'll, we're going to do a deep dive on the program. Just where are you at with this year's team right now? I think it's 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 tough to judge a team in a season, especially in a tournament style postseason like we've got. I think, you know, we'll make our final decision on what this team is at the end. But if we're just talking right now, you said it right. I mean, last night can't happen. Now, let's let's be clear. Nebraska's played some better basketball of late. You know, they went into Penn State and I think they won by 20 some points which is a good win. Uh, teams don't generally go into Penn State and, and get wins like that. But as you mentioned, Dave, this is still, you know, at the bottom of the Big Ten. I mean, I, I think that you, you can't excuse this as just like, oh, that's that's a disappointing loss. We'll move on. I think there's some concerning trends here, and Chris Holtman addressed it after the game. Uh, their their defensive numbers are are very bad. They've They've been – Bad all season, frankly. Uh, they dropped to number 121 nationally, according to Ken Palm, in defensive rating last after last night's performance. They weren't great before that. They were, I think, 98, if I remember correctly. So that's a problem. The rebounding has become a huge issue. And that's not a size of, of the players thing. I mean, Nebraska doesn't have a Kofi Coburn. And, and Ohio State actually handled him pretty well. You know, it's an effort. You lose a guy like Kyle Young last night early in that game, and, and it just kind of went out the window other than, as you mentioned, EJ Liddell. But they've got to rebound better. And those are two things that you can generally look at a team and say, okay, you play good defense, you rebound well. Maybe you don't shoot the ball well. You know, if you have a guard who can do some things, those are teams that make runs in tournaments. And right now, Ohio State doesn't have a guard that can break guys down. Malachi Branham's been great uh, the last several games, not so much the last two but he's not a guy who can just take a guy off the dribble. He needs a screen. He needs a play run for him. He's young, and that's just not his game. 
and they don't they don't rebound well and they're not playing defense. And there's two games left in the regular season. So it, it's certainly tough. I mean, Chris Holtman adju- addressed a lot of this last night and w- was pretty candid. And, you know, I'm working on a story right now kind of from all that. But you can watch the video on our site. I thought he, he gave a pretty honest assessment of where this team is and, and frankly said it's not good enough. So, you know, it's, it's, it's as you mentioned, Dave, prisoner of the moment type of thing. You, you saw this team win at Illinois. That was a really good win on the road. A lot of heart, a lot of effort. And then these last two games, I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if these guys started to read their headlines a bit too much. I don't, I don't know what the, 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 the issue is, uh, but they've got figured out, you know, two more games before Sunday, which is a lot to ask of guys that aren't playing, playing great right now. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this later, but let's address this now since you mentioned it. I mean, losing Kyle Young was, that was huge. Now, still, you cannot lose in Nebraska at home even without Kyle Young. But that that hurt them big time last year, not having Kyle Young in March. What's the update with Kyle Young? What's the update with Zed Key? Uh, what's the update with maybe even Justice Suing, who has only played two games this year? What are you hearing about those three guys? I know you were there covering the game last night. So, starting with Kyle, they said that it was an illness um, and he'll be continuously evaluated. I'm wondering if illness means concussion. He got hit in the face. Right. I mean, believe in the chin early on, took another hit before he went out. He got called for a foul on the play. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And yeah. and then he went to the locker room. Now he came back to the bench. And if he was if he was showing any concussion symptoms, I imagine they don't let him come back out to the lights and the noise. But given that Kylie Young's gone through this, had vertigo issues and things, it's entirely possible. I'm no medical professional, but I've I've seen concussions before. It's entirely possible that he was feeling fine, except for his head was hurting. And then he gets to the locker room, they test him again, and and then or he starts getting sick. You know that can happen with concussions too. So this is me entirely speculating, but I'm a little bit concerned that Kyle Young may be dealing with more than just an illness. He looked fine to me early on. That's that's a guess. Zed Key, I actually walked into the arena at the same time as him. He was in a boot. I said that doesn't look fun. He said no, it wasn't fun when it happened. Um, now Chris Holtman said after the game that Zed Key was, was going through a lot of therapy on his ankle that he injured against Maryland wants to be back, uh, obviously for, for this run for the Buckeyes. And, and that's important. Kyle Young's effort is always good, but to have your big man in there is going to be really important in these last couple games and going into the big 10 tournament. They're going to be cautious with him though. Uh, as I wrote in my story, I think Michi Johnson, when he rolled his ankle, missed 10 days, which was two or three games. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if Zed Key's next game is either Sunday against Michigan at home or Big Ten tournament. And then Justice Suing, this is such a tough one to read because they've they've been cautious with it. Chris Holtman mentioned, I think it was on the radio show this week about, you know, justice has to be 100%. I don't know if that means justice feels he needs to be 100%. Ohio State wants justice to be 100%. But then Chris Holtman made an interesting comment last night, and, and this was kind of off offhanded. He mentioned season-ending injuries, plural, and I wanted to ask him about that, if that meant they decided to to hold off on Justice suing for the rest of the year. And maybe he just misspoke and w- was referring to the fact that Seth Towns is out for the year and, and Justice suing has essentially been, um, but we didn't have time to follow up on that. So, you know, I'm not counting on Justice suing at this point. This is the team they've got, as far as I you know, can tell. If Justice suing comes back, Great, but he's not going to be the Justice Suing that was playing really good basketball at the end of last year. You know, he hasn't played all season except for those first two games. So 
I don't think you can count on him to be a big contributor. Now, if he can play a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, get back in practice, maybe he makes a little bit of a difference in the NCAA tournament. But I think just assuming if I'm him, I'm looking at next year, coming back for another year and trying to make an impact with a fully healthy season ahead of him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Speaking of Seth Towns, he did his best Vernon Hargraves impersonation coming off the bench. I know Vernon Hargraves was celebrating in the Super Bowl. Um, Seth Towns was, I don't know what he was doing. It wasn't like there was like really a fight. You don't need to come on there and act all like tough guy and get yourself a technical and get thrown out of the game. That was just, uh, you can't do stuff like that. Um, so he wins the Vernon Hargraves award for the night last night. Unbelievable. All right, let's get down to, to what I really wanted to talk about. So it's year five of the Chris Holtman era. Now, full disclosure, you and I both like Holt a lot personally. Let's put that aside. I, I think he's a good man. I do think he's a good coach. But, man, I mean, it's year five. It's not year two. It's not year three. It's year five. The product should be better than this. It just should be. And right now they're 23rd in the country. They're going to drop out of the rankings most likely. Now, if they beat Michigan State and Michigan, well, they'll probably stay in the rankings. But that was a terrible loss last night. Um it's year five. Listen, I'm not jumping off bridges or anything here. I still I like Holtman. He's got a great recruiting class coming in next year. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's year five, Patrick. Where are you at with this program? Should it be better or are you happy with where it's at right now? I think we all want it to be better. I think Chris Holtman wants it to be better. Um, but should it be better? Yeah, it, it should. And, and I, you know, it's it's tough because I think it's easy. You mentioned prisoner of the moment. I think that's where we are. I think if we would have had this conversation after the Illinois game, after the Duke game, after that home game against Wisconsin, we're saying something different. Mm -hmm. But there are some alarming things that keep happening. The, the February to March trends under Chris Holtman aren't good. I did the math last night. I think he's something like 9-11 and 11 in March, including the run to the Big Ten Tournament Championship game last year. I think there are some weird circumstances. And when, when I asked Gene Smith about this, when we met with him, he brought up that, you know, this team does need to start winning championships. We want to win championships. But he also understood some, some things that had happened. The 2000 NCAA tournament that gets canceled, that team was playing well. Looks like a team that could have made a bit of a run. Who knows what would have happened there. But if that team makes it to a Sweet 16, that changes the perception on Chris Holtman. Ifs, what's, you know, whatever. Um, last year's team was unexcusable, but they did come an overtime game away from winning a Big Ten tournament title. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Chris Holtman. I think he admits that it, it's got to be better. I also think looking at this season in particular, they planned going into July to have Dwayne Washington in this backcourt with uh, Jamari Wheeler. You know, they recruited Jamari Wheeler in the transfer portal from Penn State, defensive guard with an offensive guard. And then just a suing injury. And that's really changed a lot of what they've done. And, and again, I don't want to make excuses. I just think these are reasons things have, have not been as good. Now, you're at the end of the season. You are who you are, as I said before. And as you mentioned, Dave, that loss is inexcusable. But I think if we're looking at, at this season as a whole, as Chris Holtman as a whole, you know, he's, he's won 20 games every time he's been here. They've been to the NCAA tournament. I also think that there's a perception of Ohio State basketball that sometimes may be greater than what this program is. Now, I do think this program should be getting closer to the Wisconsins of the world who just won a Big Ten regular season title last night and has made Final Four runs. Um, but very few programs have great athletic programs, have great football basketball. It's hard to do. Ohio State has done it before. 
Um, but they've also had really bad periods of basketball. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle here. I'm not ready to, to throw out uh, this coaching staff. I think they do a lot of good things. I think if you talk to basketball people, they really like a lot of what Chris Holtman does. But it is easy to watch some of these games and just ask what's going on. I'm waiting to see what this class next year is going to do. I do think this rebuild after Thad Mata at the end of his tenure took longer than they expected. There were some bad eggs in the program that had to, had to get out. Um, I'm waiting to see, you know, I look at it more, even though it is year five, just in the way they had to build it almost like year three of really getting his guys in here and stuff. And, and some of these guys haven't worked out, you know, Justin Arns isn't doing much for the Buckeyes right now. And he's clearly a Chris Holtman guy. Kyle Young's injury history, while you can't predict that in recruiting, is not helping the Buckeyes right now. So there not is certainly DJ Carton and Alonzo Gaffney and guys that were supposed to be cornerstones of the program right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something that they should take heat for. I mean, DJ Carton's a guy, while he hasn't done a ton with Marquette, you know, that's a guy that can handle the ball. You're not having to go out and get Jamari Wheeler, can do some things. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely blame to be put on Chris Holtman and this staff. I'm not ready to 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 you know advocate for anyone getting fired, anyone moving on. I think he's done a better job than again, prisoner of the moment we give him credit for sometimes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so let's look at the recruiting class coming in next year. That if, if I'm telling you, if they had like the 50th ranked recruiting class coming in next year, and we're seeing the product on the court this year is good at times, but then bad at other times where they're gonna make the tournament, but are we confident that they're going to get past the first weekend? I'm not. Um, they'll make the tournament. They'll be a tough out. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think right now, at least in my mind, that's kind of a saving grace for Chris Holtman. He's got a fantastic recruiting class coming in next year. The number five recruiting class in the country in college basketball. For perspective, Ohio State signed a really good uh, recruiting class in football. They were fourth. And everybody's like, that's a pretty good class. For Ohio State basketball to land the number five class in the country, that is great stuff right there, and it includes four guys. It's a five-man class. It includes four guys that are high four-star prospects, four of the top 60 overall prospects in the country. I love this class, and I think um, – I don't know. I mean, Holden has an eight-year contract. This is year five. It wasn't like he'd be going anywhere anyway, but that is huge right there. They they have that great recruiting class coming in because I think one of the – one of the complaints about Holtman, well, one of them's in-game coaching. Another one's that, us oh, is, is he maybe an average recruiter? This class coming in next year is, is wonderful. Absolutely. And, and just real quick, you, you know, you mentioned the NCAA tournament. I think we were talking after interviews last night, a couple guys, I think it was Bill Landis from The Athletic pointed out that, you know, EJ Liddell, uh, Malachi Branham, when you get into tournament settings, the NCAA tournament, I mean, when teams haven't seen those guys in person, you know, Nebraska, Maryland, uh, Wisconsin had, had, this was the second time they were playing these, these guys. It makes it much more difficult to, to plan to defend those guys. So I do think once this team gets in the tournament, if healthy, that's going to be tough to, to beat because you just don't have the experience of playing a guy like EJ Liddell, a guy like Malachi Branham, plus they'll have a few days off where they can actually practice before that. But anyway, to your point, Dave, about the recruiting class. Yeah, this is, this is when I think the clock really starts on Chris Holtman. You get your guys in. We had a question about why teams like Kentucky and Duke get better as the season progresses. Well, they recruit five-star kids, and Ohio State hasn't been able to consistently do that. Steve Hellwagon, after one of the recent losses, our colleague did a big Twitter, Twitter rant about how the talent in Ohio hasn't been what it was under Thad Mata. So Ohio State's had to go outside the state of Ohio 
to get a lot of their recruits. And, and obviously in a, with a basketball program that isn't the football program, that becomes harder to do. Now they've done it with this class. You've got guys from Utah, Georgia, Missouri, Florida, and then Bowen Hardman from Cincinnati. So I think this is really when the class, this class can be the one that either propels Ohio State under Chris Holtman and, and they start to be higher up in, in the Big Ten, higher than they've been, start winning things, make runs in NCAA tournaments, something they should have done already. Um, I think this is when it really starts. And if this class, if they still struggle, they still have these February, March swoons under Chris Holtman, once this class gets on campus, then I think you start to ask questions. Because these are guys that should step in and probably based on what Ohio State's roster is going to look like, play right away. I mean, they're going to lose a good number of guys in, in key positions next year. And these these young kids are going to have to step up and, and play, and they're good enough to do it. It's, it's not like these are low four-star, high three-star kids that, that may need a couple years to develop. This is college basketball where you've got to be able to play if you're a highly ranked kid early. These kids want to get to the NBA. So, you know, I think this is, like I said, the clock really starts when this glass gets on campus. And that's not to excuse anything that happened last year, this year, any of the other years. All right, switching gears. Let's talk some Ohio State football now. We are about six days away. What's that? The fun stuff. The fun stuff, right. Yes, yes. They're not going to lose any games during spring football. They're going to go undefeated. Well, I guess. One one team team will lose the spring game. That's true. Um, I guess they could tie. I don't know. They probably (laughs) probably wouldn't do that. Ryan Day wouldn't do that. They make sure one team won. Other team has to walk back to the whack. I don't know if they still do that, but they, they should. They should they should make them do that. Um, but um, I mean, what do you look? I mean, obviously the defense is going to be the biggest story with Jim Knowles, and you know, you and I talked about that on last week's show, one of our shows last week. I'm just looking forward to gleaning as much as we can. We're not going to know, you know, final results. We're not going to know the depth chart to a T leaving spring, but we're going to have a good idea. We're going to know. Oh, Jim Knowles likes, for example, let's say he likes Cade Stover as that hybrid outside linebacker defensive end. We're going to be able to know things like that. There are certain guys we can just pencil in right now. Tanner McAllister is going to be the starting free safety. Cam Brown, Denzel Burke starting corners, most likely. I mean, there's, you know, anything can happen. If those guys stay healthy, I think they're locks. Um, can't wait to see guys like JT Tumoloal and Jack Sawyer in their second year. Looking forward to seeing these linebackers take a step. Obviously, Jim Knowles coaches the linebackers in addition to being the defensive coordinator. He's nicknamed his linebackers the regulators. I love that. A little shout out to the movie Young Guns there. Um, just your thoughts on spring ball opening up here uh, next week. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I mean, one, spring ball means football. It's not real, you know, regular season football, but it's football. That It also means we're getting a spring, which means this cold weather. I was just in Puerto Rico for a few days and coming back to cold weather, even though it's not too bad in Columbus right now, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. But on the 60 field. 60 degrees, man. 60 degrees today. Yeah, but I left the basketball game last night and it was 30 degrees, so it's, we're still not there yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, we talked a lot about the defense, um, so you know I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put that specifically to the side just because we've talked so much about it this offseason already. I'm really looking forward to these young guys coming in, uh, the the freshman class, the redshirt freshman. I wrote something about the redshirt freshman yesterday, kind of where these guys fit. Um, you know. What is CJ Hicks gonna do? Where does he mix into to this defense? Sonny Styles, you know, guys like that that you know, highly rated prospects that are gonna have a chance. You've got a whole bunch of new eyes looking at this defense. Um, so I think that there's guys on offense. And then to me, the, the the quarterback position is interesting, not because of CJ Stroud, obviously, but the backup competition. 
not only to be CJ Stroud's backup, but to set yourself up for to be the potential starter in 2023. Kyle McCord obviously was the backup last year, so he has a leg up, has been in the program, has played in games. But Devin Brown, I liked what I saw, highlights of him. And then when we talked to him on National Signing Day, blew me away. I, I just thought he was great, the way he handled himself. He didn't look like a freshman. And a lot of Ohio State guys come in ready to give interviews. I mean, they give so many interviews in, in high school. But just his answers to things, the way he thought about some of the questions, the way he talked about playing the quarterback position, the way he was he was ready to compete right then. And not in the Tate Martell, you know, I'm going to be the starter next year, even though there's three guys ahead of me type of way, but just that he wants to compete, you know, and, and, and he didn't come to Ohio State to sit on the bench. I, I like that. So I'm really interested in, in kind of how the, the backup quarterback position will play out. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be important. It, it probably won't be talked about a ton as much as last year when it was about the starters, even though we knew CJ Stroud was going to be the guy. But I think it's going to be interesting. And like I said, I think these guys can set themselves up for success in 2023. Both guys need more experience. Devin Brown needs to get in the game just in general. Kyle McCord only played in, I think, five games last year. Didn't throw a ton of passes. So you, you, whichever one is is that number two, there should be games this year where they get on the field, and that will be important for their development. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, Patrick. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. If you like the show, like subscribe, leave us a five-star review, all that great stuff. It really helps. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great day. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.